This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Listeners, thanks for joining us. We've got a question that might be a little controversial for some people, but I know Michael and I have never shied away from these (laughs) controversial questions. And this is definitely one that could be controversial with some people. Tim, do you smoke cigarettes? Uh, It sounds like it, doesn't it? And and I've been telling everyone in jest, uh, no, it's just uh, the cigars have finally got caught up to me. Oh, man. I've been fighting this cold for about uh, 10 days now. Yeah, you have. And uh, getting over it slowly, but I'm glad to be here with you. Man, this is what I imagine you sounding like when you are like 88 years old. Well, I was just with my dad last week at Thanksgiving, and he still sounds the same as he did you know, when he was in his 30s. So hopefully my voice won't change that much. There's something like, I don't know, noble about the about the age change preacher's voice, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I'm glad I don't sound like I did when I was, you know, 20. There is a maturity that definitely develops with age. Yeah, I don't know if we could call it maturity, though. So All back right. to the real question. Here's the real question. Are prosperity gospel preachers like Joel Olstein and Joyce Meyer, and here's the question, saved? Are they saved? Yeah. Let's start big picture and say they come out of Pentecostal roots. In fact, not many, not too many episodes ago, we addressed the question, basically, what about Pentecostals or Pentecostals, Christians? Uh, And so we delved into kind of the history of that. And so I would encourage you to go back to that. And so one of the hard realities about Pentecostalism is that it is a breeding ground for a lot of crazy, but at the same time, there are a lot of doctrinally sound Gospel-preaching, Bible-loving Pentecostals. So because Pentecostalism is so big globally, you can't just like throw them into a box and say, this is Pentecostals. And in that podcast, you know, I think we I think we developed some of the consistent patterns that you do see. By mm-hmm. and large, they're more charismatic. By and large, their hermeneutic or their interpretive approach to Scripture is much more emotional, tends to be oftentimes less rooted in the text. They make a lot of Oftentimes, uh, we'll just say interpretive errors that lead to bigger problems for their followers. Not always, but those are some of the tendencies that you see. I think big picture, when somebody says, are Pentecostals saved? If you go back to our episode, again, it was just a couple maybe weeks ago that we did on, are Mormons saved? Well, I can look at Mormonism and say, no, there's not a chance. Because the core of their doctrine or their teaching is so far away from the true gospel. Correct. I mean, it's not even close. Pentecostalism should not deny the pure gospel. Unfortunately, Pentecostalism is sort of like a big elephant that uh, uh, sinister little insects can jump onto and try to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. And so if there's going to be a prosperity preacher, if there's going to be a swindler, they're almost, almost always going to jump onto the back of Pentecostalism and ride that wave. And the reason being is because of some of Pentecostalism's, I think, just unique aspects. There are hyper-emotionalism that sometimes uh, emotions for all of us can blind us to what is most clear in God's Word right in front of us. So because it has this tendency to it, often swindlers who play on emotions and play on fear and play on our greatest desires that may not be biblical desires for us, Yes, it's it's just really often that that prosperity preachers find themselves in Pente- Pentecostalism. In fact, I'm trying to think of a single prosperity preacher that is not rooted in Pentecostalism. And I can't think of one. I can't think of any at all. So, no. 
let's talk about Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer. They here is a challenge that everyone has to deal with. If you were to ask them, what is the gospel? What do you need to believe in order to be saved? They're going to give you an accurate answer. And if you sit down with most Pentecostals, they will give you the right answer. One is saved, not by good works, but by trusting in Jesus Christ, faith in him for the forgiveness of our sins, belief in his life, death, and resurrection, belief in Christ, is the requirement for salvation. They will say that. Where we differ with prosperity preachers is this. Jesus and the apostles seem to promise for most people, if you proclaim Christ, life will get harder in this world. Mm -hmm. Prosperity preachers, they say, no, life is going to get better. Right. And they're more taking old covenant ways of life and promises that God never intended for the new covenant church. And they apply them to the new covenant church out of context. So they're at odds with the Bible, clearly. They don't seem to be at odds with the gospel, but they here's what happens. When you come to Christ, they give you a false set of expectations. And so let's say I truly, truly believe, but then I come to Christ and I'm told I need to be rich and happy and healthy and wealthy. And if I'm not, it's because there's sin in my life. Well, that's just a recipe for destruction. So in theory, I could get saved in a prosperity church, often many of them, but I will never grow. In fact, I might even be a spiritual infant for years and years because the concept of endurance and pain and suffering are kind of oftentimes outside of their vocabulary. So when it comes to guys like Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer, I don't know if they're saved. I, right. I know that I know that they preach the gospel. Uh, the gospel- a, a variation of the gospel well, that sounds- very biblical. Now, the problem is when you start digging into some of the things that they have said in their sermons, there are some real issues. Correct. So this is a really clear distinction you know. we need to make. There is the gospel, mm-hmm. and then there is biblical teaching. Yeah. And what does a Christian do? What does a Christian expect? All this kind of stuff. Oftentimes, the prosperity preachers, when it comes to getting saved, they don't mess with the pure gospel. But then what happens when you give such pathetic teaching, yeah. it muddies the gospel sometimes. It, they come to Christ, but then they're all wrong in their expectations. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they're just flat out wrong. They give them wrong practices, wrong teaching. And the more uh, faith, healing, health, wealth, prosperity they get, the crazier the activity. Now here's, let me give you this. This is, this is the one area where a prosperity preacher will actually preach a false gospel. If he says this, if you trust in Christ, he'll give you wealth and happiness. There you and happiness. go. Yep. Okay, that is a false gospel. False gospel. What's challenging? Okay, this is where Joyce Meyer and Jolos. This is the question was about them. So I'm yes. trying to like yeah. the pure prosperity gospel. The object isn't God, and the problem is my lack of blessing. Okay. Mm. In the pure gospel, the problem is my sin, and the object is God. God. You get the difference here? Yes. Joel Osteen. And Joyce Meyer, from what I can understand and what I can tell by reading them, will preach that the problem is sin and that I get God. But when I get saved and I believe in the problem of my sin and get God, now they tell me, you need to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. And if you're not, it's because of sin in your life. So they're like quasi-prosperity. I mean, they are prosperity preachers because they're preaching that. But the, the prosperity gospel, these guys who are preaching prosperity— are not always preaching a prosperity gospel. The gospel is the message about how you get saved. 
They're preaching prosperity doctrine, but not gospel. Does that make sense? It's a fine yes. line. It's a fine line. This is the difference between Kenneth Copeland, who preaches a prosperity gospel, and a prosperity message. And what happens in a lot of, uh, we'll say, um, oh gosh, uh, Hillsong used to do this. They used to preach a pure gospel, but a prosperity message. And what they're trying to do as an organization is preach a pure gospel and then kind of mitigate that Pentecostal prosperity gospel, right? Um, they're trying to slow that down and rein that in because it got them into a lot of trouble. Yes. Joel Osteen is, I think, trying to preach a pure gospel, but a prosperity faith healing message. If you're listening, you're like, what are these guys talking yeah. about? Like, they're just totally confused. Good theology is nuanced. You have to separate their view of discipleship versus their view of how someone gets saved. The gospel is your view of how someone gets saved. Your teaching is how you view people should grow and what they should expect once they're mm-hmm. saved. So I think in Joel Osteen's church, you could probably get saved, but you'll never grow. I, I agree. I've I've listened to him on TV. I've I've watched him usually with a critical ear, critical eye. Of course, his teaching is insane. You know, and I'm looking for very overt errors in what he's saying. Yeah. And usually- Which there are plenty in There his are teaching. plenty. But usually when it comes to the gospel, he seems to get it right most of the time. Joyce Meyer, she's a little harder to, you know, clearly distinguish. Okay, yep. does she really understand the gospel? One of the things on, in my research- that keep coming up in several several websites that point out um, some of her false teaching is she makes a claim that Jesus stopped being the Son of God on the cross when he became sin. Yep. And it's like, ooh, yeah, that's okay. I, th- I, yeah. That's, that's one of those things. It's did, a stupid did, idea. Yeah, did she say that one time or does she really believe it yeah. ongoing? Yeah, and let's say, let's just pose the question for a moment. Let's say she believes that but can she believe that in terms of Jesus on the cross, but still believe in actual gospel, pure gospel? Right. She can have impure teaching in a pure gospel. I know that sounds contradictory uh-huh. for people. This is where I'm like always trying to like be really nuanced before I'm judging. Every time I listen to Joel Osteen, I'm like, man, did he do damage to that text? Yes. Like he moralized a beautiful story yeah. about really hard things and he made it about, you know, making more money or being happy. That's his teaching. His mm-hmm. teaching, but like, this is where I'm like, all right, there's that. Okay, what's his gospel message? Yeah. You know? Joyce Meyer, though, shares the stage with guys like Kenneth Copeland and yes, his prosperity regularly. regularly, which kind of puts her, for me, in almost complete suspect. Yeah. Because the moment you can share the stage with such crazy swindlers, and I have mm-hmm. no problem saying that, yeah. like for the whole world to hear, Kenneth Copeland is a swindler. Now, I should say, there <laughs> is a guy named Kenneth Copeland in our area who is a pastor who actually speaks at the chapels oh. of where my kids go to school. That is a different Kenneth Copeland, and he is a great guy. Okay, There's that guy. But then there's like the dude on TV, the televangelist, yes. whatever, swindler guy. That's where Joyce Meyer, for me, just kind of is generally suspect. But I would put Joe, I would actually separate Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer, even though, so here's the deal. Joyce Meyer would share a stage with Joel Osteen, but Joel Osteen may not share a stage with Kenneth Copeland. Yes. Like, like this whole thing is yes. a spectrum. It, it is a spectrum. And here's of, what I know about all of them. They're filthy rich. Yeah. And they're yeah. filthy rich because of the gospel unashamedly. Right. <laughs> and which makes me think like, I don't care if you get filthy rich. Like, I don't care. Just when you peddle when the you gospel peddle the for gospel it, I'm like, for ah. money. I think you're in trouble. Yeah. You can tell. I don't want to like, I don't want to say, oh, Joel Osteen's going to hell and have God to be like, nah, he made it by the hair of his chinny chin chin. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want to be the guy who like condemns someone to hell if they're not. 
I've heard him preach false doctrine. I think you and I, we hold seminary education as a high regard. And based on what I've seen about Joel Osteen, he has no Bible college or seminary training whatsoever. So some of his teaching may just be out of sheer uh, ignorance, not knowing uh, the things that you and I have been trained in seminary. Joyce Meyer, I don't know where her education comes from or if she even has any, but that's usually the thing that I've seen as a common thread of yep. false Meyer, doctrine usually comes out of a lack of further education about biblical truth. Yeah, or if you like, uh, if you're Joel Osteen and you spent your entire world percolating in a Pentecostal there stream of preaching yep. and ideas, if you haven't heard anything outside of that, so here, here's a great example. When I sit down with people who come out of hyper charismatic circles, it's usually a three to five year undoing period for them to realize how unbiblically rooted. Because it's been ingrained in them for right. years and years. Because you've been taught your whole life. The voice of the Holy Spirit is that feel-good voice yes. inside of you, you yeah. know? And when then all of a sudden you realize that feel-good voice inside of you is your flesh mm -hmm. and not the Spirit, yeah. it's hard to have prided yourself in hearing and knowing the voice of the Spirit for years only to realize it was indigestion. <laughs> like, that is a really hard that was a little crass. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> this whole subject boils my blood. I'm going to be honest. So, like, I did say there were blows earlier. I don't know if that's going to make it through the thing, Dan. Our producer just said he's going to cut that word. It's not a cuss word in case he beeps that out. Uh, that's what you should do. Just beep it out and leave people in complete, utter mystery of, did he cuss? No, I didn't cuss. I just used a word that some people may not like. But anyways, enough of defending myself. Um, I get irritated. Anyways, mm -hmm. we should be done. And with we it. should. I don't know if they're going to hell. I can tell you, don't listen to anything they say. Turn them off when they're on the TV and don't let your kids near them. And if you really want to grow to be a mature disciple, listen to somebody other than Pentecostal, faith healing, prosperity, word faith preachers. They will do you no good. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Well, let's come back next time, Michael, <laughs> and talk about another great question. Do you believe, did Jesus misbehave as a toddler and a child, or was he perfect his whole life? <laughs> I love it.